Gentlemen, let the tournament begin. It's going down. It's going down. I'm yelling timber. You better move. You better move. You better dance. Giggity. Let's make a night. Bitch, you you won't remember. I'll be the one. I'll be the one. You won't forget. I don't think there's ever a friendly game against Portland. The Northwest Coast is calling me. again and welcome to episode 96 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm your host Michael McCall, I'm down in Portland for the pre-season tournament and I'm flying solo this episode because unfortunately Steve wasn't able to make it down in the end so you've just got me to listen to. But it's been another successful and productive time for the Whitecaps down in Oregon, back-to-back Portland pre-season tournament winners. It's all so simple. I don't know what it is about the Whitecaps and pre-season tournaments, but they seem to be pretty happy bedfellows. Disney Soccer Classic in 2012, Rose City Invitational in 2014, Portland Simple Tournament in 2015, three pre-season tournament successes in the last four years. I'd like to think, of course, that I've been down to all three of them, and that's why... And of course, the only year I didn't go was 2013, when they did not win in Charleston. Coincidence? I think not. The Whitecaps have played two games down in Portland so far this week. Sunday, a 1-0 win over the hosting Timbers, and on Wednesday evening, a 3-2 win over Norwegian side Stabak. We're going to look over both games in this podcast, as well as some of the other news that's happening in Whitecaps land, some audio, and look forward to Saturday's final game in the tournament against Chicago. So the Whitecaps ran out 1-0 winners against the Timbers, and I won't dwell on that game too much because it's a few days ago now. There's been a a lot of chat about it. Pamadou Carr getting the only goal of the game and his return to Portland. Fantastic to see. He said he didn't really celebrate. I I thought he celebrated, and Kendall Waston and him did a little dance, and I love what this guy is bringing to the team. I love his aggression on the pitch. I love his motivation on and off the pitch. I love the character and the humour and just everything that he brings off the pitch. And it's been a great addition. As we've said before, I'm sad to see Andy O'Brien go, but they've got a great replacement in Pamaduka. Another pleasing aspect from the game was for big swaths of that match, and not just when Portland were down to nine men or ten men, the Whitecaps controlled possession. That game... They were never going to lose it. They were in complete control of that game and ran out comfortable 1-0 winners in the end. Few dodgy, scary moments at times, but you're going to get that in every single game. They were quite a dominant team. And for me, the starting lineup that you saw in that game is highly likely to be the starting lineup that takes the field, hopefully, at BC Place on March 7th against Toronto. There were maybe a couple of little changes that, that you could look at. Will Russell Tybert get the starting nod over Gershon Coffey? A few weeks ago, I would have said that that was Coffey's position and Tybert was going to be on the bench. But Coffey had that dose of flu. He's been a little bit behind in pre-season training. So I do feel that Tybert is in the 
pole position now to, to basically start that game. Another thing that might make Carl Robinson think, though, is the performance in Wednesday night's game against Stabak by Nicholas Mosquita. Mosquita was fantastic. He was everywhere, scored a goal, set up a goal. He was outstanding. And you kind of want to reward that. You want to get him in the team. The position that you're kind of looking for him to go in is that left wing position, maybe, because he's not going to dislodge Pedro. But then Manny had such a good game against Portland as well. Looked really dangerous, got past his man, got past Alvis Powell time and time again. So again, you want to reward that. So that's why Saturday's game against Chicago, for those two players in particular, is going to be really, really important. Another option that Robinson can look at is to go for a 4-4-2 formation. Maybe just going with Laba as that sole defensive midfielder, playing maybe Pedro a little bit deeper, him and Rosales as the centrally in a 4-4-2 diamond formation, or maybe playing Mosquito beside Rosales, Morales leading the line with Mane and Rivero up front. That's an exciting lineup. I'd really like to see what they can do against Toronto. Let's see how that goes. As I say, Saturday's game is going to be key, and there are a number of players in Wednesday night's win against Stabak that... Well, I've given Carl Robinson some food for thought. It's a 3-2 game in the end. Whitecaps comfortably 3-0 up at half-time. They kind of deserved that. At the same time, it maybe flattered them a little because Stabak did have a, a couple of good forays forward. They started the half strongly. They finished the half strongly. Second half, the Norwegians really came out. The Whitecaps made a number of changes, allowed the Norwegians to get back into the game. 3-2 for me didn't really tell the tale of the game. And... I don't know, a 3-1 or a 4-2 victory for the Whitecaps, I think, would have been a bit more deserving. Now, we talked about Mesquita, giving Carl Robinson some food for thought. Another player that gave Robo some food for thought on Wednesday night was Darren Mattox. Two-goal hero, yes, one of them was a penalty, but who else scored two goals in that game? And we have seen Darren miss penalties before. He could have had more, he could have had three or four, five even, very easily. But what was good, to watch was he was playing with some confidence, he was playing with some swagger. He's always a confident person, as you'll hear shortly. But I just thought that game will have done him the world of good. Yes, they were up against a, a young Stabek side, but it was a young Whitecaps team that was out there. They put out basically a fringe team. It was guys that had to show that they were hungry to compete for maybe not an MLS starting spot, but at least a place on the game day 18. And there's a number of guys that did that, and Mattox was one of them. He's not going to be a starter for this team anytime soon if Rivero finds the form that we all hope he will. And if Robo decides to bring in another striker at some point, that's going to push Mattox further down the depth chart. My particular solution form hasn't changed. I would still trade him. He's on such a high salary that we really could do with getting that off the books. Scoring two goals in a pre-season game is not going to do other teams' perceptions of him any harm and it, it could be a good time to maybe try and get a trade going. But he was sharp and if he can turn his game around, if he can score consistently, if he can be a 10 to a 15 or even more goal striker over the course of the season, coming off the bench, getting some starting runs in the team, I would take that and I would keep Mattox in this team on his salary for that kind of production. Whether he can or not, who knows? But let's hear a little bit from Darren after Wednesday night's game. We had a little bit of a laugh and a joke about a couple of things as you'll hear, but here's Darren Mattox. Jamaica. Jamaica. 
Jamaica. Good game, good result. You know, I think the team did really good. You know, just focus on the team right now. You know, it's a big part. I think two games, two wins. That's that's really positive this preseason in this tournament. What does it mean for you to, for your confidence to score a couple goals tonight? It's good. You know, I'm all of cons- and I'm always going to be confident, but um, all the work I've been putting this preseason, uh, I think tonight it showed, which is a good thing. You know, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself. You know, after all, it's just preseason. You know, so hopefully I can translate tonight into the rest of the game in preseason and into the season. Now you had a, a couple of training stints over in Europe during the off season. What do you feel you learned from that to help develop your game? Um, I think um. Getting my teammates in the game more, you know, as a number nine, you know, you got to hold the ball really well to get your teammates involved. You know what I mean? So I think um, in England and in Turkey, where that's that's one of the big things I took, you know. So yeah, so going forward, I think that definitely going to help me improve my game. And what what are your hopes for this season? Obviously, you want to play as many minutes as possible. What do you feel that you're going to have to do now to try and get a starting spot? Oh, so I think you know the starting eleven already, huh? <laughs> but um, just did just, and I'm not worried about um being a starter now. I'm worried about working hard for the team, and hopefully, if that's what it's going to take to be a starter, then sure. And if you keep playing like this, it's going to be really hard to, to ignore you. You know, I mean, if the entire team plays like this, it's going to be really hard. So that's a, that's a good thing for us, but that's a bad thing for Robo. <laughs> So Darren Mattox agreeing with me there in that Cal Robinson certainly has some food for thought going into the last game of the tournament against Chicago on Saturday. Now I watched Chicago's first two games of the tournament and I have to say I'm not really sure how much of a fight they're going to put up against the the Whitecaps. They played pretty poorly against Stabek on Sunday. Much better performance with their fringe guys really. But a much better performance on Wednesday night in the Portland game. Drew one all there. Drew 0-0 against Stabek on Sunday. In their pre-season so far... They haven't played a lot of games. They played two games over in England. They played the two games in this tournament. And there's been a couple of 0-0 draws, a 1-0 win, and a one all draw. Three draws out of four for last year's MLS draw specialist, so no big surprise there. Two goals scored, only one conceded in the four games. So their defence has definitely shored up considerably over last year. Still having some trouble finding the back of the net. They hope to have addressed that with the addition of a couple of guys. And it, it's been a pretty big clear out at Chicago. They will also be the Whitecaps' first road opponents this year on March 14th, if the season gets underway. So this is going to be an interesting matchup. I got the chance to speak one-on-one with Frank Yallop on Sunday after Stabek's game. So the discussions are obviously before what played out on Wednesday against Portland. Now, we talked about a number of things, and this interview is actually going to be in two parts. Part one is going to be in this podcast. Part two is going to come up in a special preview podcast that we're going to have just before the Chicago game in a couple of weeks' time. We'll also have a good chat with ex-Whitecap Matt Watson in that podcast, 
And also a lengthy 10-minute chat I had with my fellow Scott and new Chicago Fire designated player, Sean Maloney. So in this part, I'm going to speak to Frank, just looking ahead to Saturday's game against the Whitecaps, what he's been hoping to achieve from this tournament, why he decided to come to Portland, as opposed to all the other options that were available to him. And I was intrigued. Growing up in Scotland, I was a keen football programme collector. Still am. One of the things which I liked collecting was the old NESL teams I'd come over to play English and Scottish teams. I've got a huge collection of those programmes just kicking around at home. So Chicago going over there and having their pre-season over in England, it kind of, for me, brought back all these memories of teams of old that had gone over there. So I wanted to know from Frank just exactly why he chose to do that as well. So without any further ado, here's Chicago Fire head coach, Frank Yallop. So Frank, 0-0 draw there against Stabayek. So far in the pre-season, your team's not conceded any goals. You must be really happy with that. Yeah, I think um, any time you have, you know, your team doesn't concede goals, you've got a chance of winning. We're, just, we're a little bit disjointed at the moment with our play going forward, but we have a lot of new guys and a lot of new uh, thoughts, and we've worked them hard in pre-season. They looked a little flat tonight, uh, or today I should say. But again, you know, I'm happy with the clean sheet and hopefully we'll grow, play better on Wednesday and play play better on Saturday. Now on the flip side to that, you've only actually scored one goal in the three games. So last year, goals seemed to be a bit of a problem for the team. Do you think it's going to be any different this year? If we ain't creating any chances, then I'll be worried. So, um, And it's early, you know, obviously the season's coming up, but we still have time to, to put that right. But, you know, on, on today's game, I think we created some good chances to score, didn't score. You know, a pretty even game, and I think it was our lack of good play that, that made it an even game. You play some pre-season games over in England. It's kind of like old-school NASL. Mm. I just remember that when I was growing up, the teams went and played over there. What, what was your thinking in going to, to actually play games over there? Well, I went there with San Jose about two or three years ago, twice to, well, three years ago, and then five years ago before, um, um, as well. So I just felt it was good. It was total soccer. It was completely um, out of the way. We'd be you know, in the hotel together. You're bonding. You're on the field. It's you know a little bit cold, a little crunchy, a little bit of um, you got to stick together a little bit. And I think it was good this trip as well. Norwich was conditions. The fields were fine, but it was cold. Um, we had some good competition in the games we had, and I think it was just good. It just got us ready for for this. And um, you know, hopefully, again we'll play better on Wednesday and then Saturday. You know, we've not played any amateur teams or any any college sides. Um, we've played you know some some real tough in-season form players you know, QPR had a really really good side out um, Norwich team was an under 21 with, with two first team guys mixed in and they're very good and I think that um, you know we've picked those type of games I like those type of games to start off with because they're difficult and you know you find out where you are quickly if you you know winning five and six nil um, and we're scoring goals for fun then you come up against the real guys and you're not ready so you know, we're slowly churning it. Well, I like a no. Uh, I like the, the no goals against at the moment, but again, we've got to make sure that um, we are we, we we become goal dangerous. I, what was behind your thinking of coming to Portland for this tournament? Obviously, there's the Tucson possibility, yeah. Charles, and what? what yeah, I mean, I've I've chip chopped and changed a little bit on. I've been to Arizona. I've done Portland. Um, I like both places, but it was time to change. 
we were in Arizona last year, I felt that um, let's just try the Portland tournament. Get, I think with the crowd, it just gets you a little more ready for the first game. Every night she brings me Frankfurt sausages, Frankfurt sausages. How I love those lovely Frankfurt sausages, Frankfurt sausages. So some of the thoughts of Frank Yallop there. Uh, Chicago gets set to face off against Vancouver Saturday afternoon, 2.30. In the grand scheme of the tournament, the game doesn't matter. The Whitecaps have already won the tournament, so it's just a case of both teams now trying to get ready. It's going to be both teams' last matches before, hopefully, the MLS season gets underway on March 7th. With that in mind, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of lineup. Carol Robinson actually puts out in the pitch. Is he going to want to go with pretty much the starting lineup that's going to face Toronto? Or is he going to want to have a look at a couple of the guys and a bit more of a substantial role just to maybe, as we said earlier, make his mind up in a couple of the positions that, that could still be up for grabs? Well, we heard Yallop's thoughts going into Saturday's game. I asked Carol for some of his. So I asked Carol after the Stabat game just what kind of lineup is he hoping to put out there on Saturday? And also, how much does winning this tournament mean to him and to the Whitecaps? And a few other questions from myself and a couple of the other guys in the scrum as well. So let's hear a little bit now from Carl Robinson. physicality and nastiness that you're looking out of your four out of your team this year seems to have filtered down to some of the younger guys or some, some tough tackles out there tonight. yeah they were listen you know in in any walk of life nice people sort of tend to get walked over unfortunately and you know it's professional sport so you can be as nice as you want off the field but when you step on the field you know you're fighting for your living uh, and I want to stress that here because if we want to be a winning club and, uh, and win and compete for MLS Cups then we've got to get that winning mentality in us um, it takes time you can't have, get it overnight but bit by bit the training has improved you know the guys want a win in training um, and then when it comes on to obviously games then it festers onto that so it's, it's an important factor are you worried uh, the team might pick up a reputation for being dirty and then that plays in the minds of the refs and nah, stuff like that? Nah, not at all. I just want my team to play when we have the ball and when we don't have the ball I want us to try and win the ball back. So, um, you know, that's two sides of the game that you need to try and do. Now, it's hard to be disappointed after scoring three goals, but yeah. are you slightly disappointed <laughs> at the number of chances that weren't taken? You can look at that, look at it like that. I think obviously winning the game is is important. You know, it's pre-season, but if you don't play to win, then there's no point playing the games. So, it's uh, it's nice to get three goals because obviously you always want to win. But you know, there were a number of chances missed, and we know that. And you know, that's that's why we're working on it every day, and we're on the training field every day to improve. And we need to improve that area. And what are you hoping for now from the game on Saturday? Are you? Looking to put out a fairly strong lineup, or is it going to be a mixture? Well, I've, I've got a few boys banged up, um, so I'll, I'll see how they are. But you know, I'll, uh, with a mind on Toronto, I'll try and play a, a strong team. You know, will that consist of the team that played on Sunday? I'm not sure yet because one or two of them have knocks, so we'll wait and see. And two or three of the young kids are outstanding today, so don't be surprised if you see one or two of them in. We look ahead a little bit to Saturday. Just yep. What you're looking for out of that game? 
just again, it's it's the last game for us, match game for us in preparation of the season, hopefully. And um, you know, we'll go with the same mindset. You know, it's we've got to be in the right frame of mind come the Toronto game. So Saturday, we'll we'll, we'll try and win the game again. We'll try and do things right. We'll try and pass the ball. We'll try and win the ball back quickly when we can, which we've done very well in the first two games. And we'll enjoy the game. I think you see my guys here playing with a smile on their face, uh, and we'll do that this year. Uh, as we did last year and yes we'll win games and, and yeah unfortunately we'll lose games along the way but you know they'll be ha- they'll be a happy group will it be nice to win back to back tournaments uh, yes it will it will you know ha- winning's a habit and you say what you want whether it means anything or not you know I want to win everything that I'm involved in whether it's a game of cards a game of darts or heads or tails um, so anytime you get a chance to win something you want to try and take that and we get a chance to win this So some thoughts there from Carol Robinson after Wednesday's 3-2 win after Stabek. I wanted to ask him about the aggression side, the physicality nature of the Whitecaps game because people have been talking about it. Now, before going into Sunday's game against Portland, Carl Robinson had said that, in his mind, when the Whitecaps and the Timbers play, there's no such thing as a friendly. And that was exactly how it played out in the pitch. Portland finished the game with nine men. Very feisty affair all round. Bookings galore, fouls galore. I loved it. It was just like being back in Scotland and watching some Scottish football. Now, there has been comments after the game from mainly Portland fans that they feel that the Whitecaps are going to be a dirty team this year. I don't see it that way. It's like you have to play football hard. You have to make opposition players think. And that's just what the Whitecaps are doing. And a lot has been made of the aggressive nature of centre-backs Pamadou Ka, Kendall Waston, Diego Rodriguez and Christian Dean are also quite physical centre-backs. But it's not just them. We've got a number of players in this Whitecaps team that is not afraid to put themselves about a bit. And that is what I think we need in MLS to take us to the next level. Of course, we do have to channel that aggression. We can't be out of control. And the way that refs are sometimes in MLS, sometimes they're a little bit too card happy. Sometimes they blow for everything and the Whitecaps could be heavily punished. Lose men to multiple cautions and a suspension. There's no doubt that that is going to happen this season. But as long as it's, it doesn't cost the Whitecaps too dearly, doesn't cost them too many points, I, I definitely think it's worth the risk. And I think it's something that is going to give us an edge in a very tight Western Conference where every little edge you can get is highly important. And another reason that I like aggressive teams on the pitch is that those type of players, especially those type of central defenders, make opposition players think especially strikers. If you're a striker going up against Pamadou Ka, Kendall Waston, even Diego Rodriguez, Christian Dean, any one of those guys, Matty Laba just in front of them, if you're a striker going up against any of them, you're going to be wondering, is he going to come in hard? Is he going to clatter me? If you do it right, you can send a message very early in the game. That's what I hope to see from the Whitecaps against Toronto at first kick. 
I want to see some of these guys going heavy, going hard, going through some of Toronto's big name guys. Bradley, Javinko, Altidore. Send a message early. You're not going to put up with any crap. Going hard. As long as you can. Going hard and hopefully get away without a booking. But hey, if you pick up an early booking and then can go the rest of the game fine, I'll take that as well. So just before we wrap up this episode of the podcast, let's just look at some of the Whitecaps news that has happened this week. There's been some signings for the WFC2 team. I won't go into those just now. I'll wait till Steve's here next week and we'll, we'll do a little bit of chat about that. One new addition to the Whitecaps MLS roster, 18-year-old Honduran youth international midfielder Debbie Flores. Now, I'm not going to pretend to know anything about him. Never heard of the guy, never seen him play, but it's adding to the Latino ranks at the Whitecaps, and I'm sure that can only be a good thing. All I know is I'm really looking forward to when Davy does Dallas. So as I say, that's a, another Spanish speaker in the Whitecaps ranks. So I thought I'd play you a little bit of audio that I grabbed over the past week. I spoke to both Carl Robinson and Pedro Morales just about why Major League Soccer is such a good fit for... South Americans, but also I guess we can extend that now to Central Americans, basically Latinos, Spanish speakers. Why is MLS such a good fit? What is it about this league that is just so good for their game? What is it about those players that makes Carl Robinson want to bring them over here? So let's hear a little bit now from Robo and Pedro. South America. America. South, 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 South. South America America South, 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 South South America What is it that makes South American players such a good fit in MLS? I think they're able to deal with the travel I think they're able to deal with uh, the demands of it You know, is, is it easy? No, it's not it's not supposed to be easy and, and I also think that they also the South American players have, have something to prove because, you know when you're in Europe and you, you get given and you know there's there's a lot of talented players in Europe don't get me wrong but you get given a lot when you're so young and then you know the hunger maybe slowly disappears after you've uh, earned a lot of money for a number of years at a very young age and probably done nothing in the game um, so for me that the hunger the hunger thing is a big thing in, in South Central America because they've still got points to prove over there um, because it's the next progression for them in their career and on that ladder and you know, whereas the Europeans are probably the opposite way, unless you get a, you know, a top top older player who will cost your fortune. Major League Soccer, um, a lot of South American players do well here. What do you think it is about the the style of the game here that guys like yourself and Valeri and yeah. all these South American guys seem to do really well over here? Is it just played a little bit more to suit your style of game? Maybe, maybe, maybe the people like the Latino here in MLS. It's different characteristics and maybe the attitude is different, but uh, but maybe the people like uh, the Latino. I don't know. I don't know. It's I don't know. It's uh, the decision the every every club if he, if he help for the team is is better for the team. No one coming Latino good player. So many South Americans at the club. Coming, the, yes. The, does that make it easier for yourself and all the guys just to kind of fit in in a new country a lot quicker? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I hear maybe half team is sp- yeah. a Spanish guy. But I need to learn Spanish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I have a good, good team, good, 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 good pan, you know, good uh, teammate. It's uh, a lot of uh, young boys. It's, it's I like when when you look the training, training hard every day. Uh, but I think so. It's good for us. You have uh, too many Latino, you know. Speak Spanish, but uh, the guy, the guy, another country, uh, is the good for the team. I have uh, too many options this year for Robo. Uh, have uh, maybe uh, the much better team the last year. I think so, and and this is good for the competition inside inside the group. South America. America, South, 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 South America. America, South, 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 South America. So Carl Robinson and Pedro Morales there talking about South Americans, both with the Whitecaps and in Major League Soccer. Can you be too South American? I don't know. My wife says yes, she draws the line at Brazilians. But we'll just have to wait and see how the current mix of South and Central Americans fares with the Whitecaps during the 2015 season. If 2014 was anything to go by, it's going to be a good year. Anywho, enough of my ramblings. I think it's about time that we draw a close to this podcast. As always, thanks for listening, especially when it's just me and my own. We'll be back soon. Steve will be back with me. We hope to have a, a couple of podcasts coming out next week. We also hope that the, the MLS season's going to get underway next Saturday so we can have our first post-game podcast of this season. So I'll just wrap this up by saying I've been Michael McCall. You can follow me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all my stuff, AFTN on Canadian Soccer News. Get there, AFTN.ca, CanadianSoccerNews.com. And I'm pleased to announce that our new standalone AFTN website should be live on Sunday, March 1st. Check it out. Just porting over some of the content just now. It's going to still be a bit of a work in progress. We're going to get a lot of our archives put up over the next couple of weeks. And then later on this season, we're going to launch a new section of it all together, which is going to be a lot of work to put together, but it's going to be a really good read as well. I'm also the beat reporter for the Whitecaps for MLSsoccer.com, so read all my stuff on there. There was an in-depth feature on Kyle Robinson up on MLS earlier this week. And in the next day or two, there's also going to be an in-depth feature that I've done with Pedro Morales as well. So until next time, thanks for listening, take care, and as always, mon the caps. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon, frankly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?